Over 2.6 billion people have Googled how to pay off their home, which blows my mind because obviously people don't have access to some very simple information a good mortgage broker could show you. That information, absolute knowledge, and knowledge, of course, is an absolute asset for anyone playing the game of wealth creation. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, we're digging into paying off your principal place of residence using an investment property. Crazy, I know. It sounds bizarre, but it is a great way to get ahead as a property investor and really something that a lot of people should focus on and, of course, don't. Now, thanks for tuning in. If it's your first time, though, make sure you play the program in double speed, get your life back. Of course, all the episodes I've done are lessons on real estate, which, of course, means you've got to go back and listen to some episodes. Perhaps you will get some extra benefit from. And of course, uh, thanks for tuning in, regulars. I appreciate your earballs. I appreciate you choosing me to be one of your podcasters on real estate. Big part of my job is simply sharing information these days, trying to help people understand the uh, crazy, wacky world of property investment. But I tell you what, property investment comes with some benefits. I think we can all ascertain one of the benefits you're going to get as a property investor eventually if you give yourself enough time is capital growth, I also think most people are across the concept that if you're going to invest over time, you're probably going to end up in a place where your property investments can produce income for you and help you actually in your later years of life. But this is an interesting time. We live in a very different era. And of course, The era we live in means that we have to invest a little bit of our effort into knowledge and taking action. And one of the biggest plays that a property investor can do, one of the biggest uh, opportunities property investors can partake in is to use their investments to accelerate debt reduction on their home, their principal place of residency. Now, here's a crazy statistic which I found when I was researching the show. Over 2.6 billion people have Googled how to pay off their home, which blows my mind because obviously people don't have access to some very simple information a good mortgage broker could show you. That information, absolute knowledge, and knowledge, of course, is an absolute asset for anyone playing the game of wealth creation. Here in Australia, we are morphing. And one of the things which I find quite interesting, a little bit alarming as well, is that a lot of Australians now carry mortgages much later in their life cycle. It's pretty crazy to think that today the average age of an Australian buying their first home 
is 38 years of age. And of course, that means if you add a 30-year mortgage, that 38-year-old is going to be 68 by the time they pay their last payment on their home. And of course, uh, that may mean that person who is starting at 38 is going to be working until they're plus 70, which of course is not for everybody. And uh, if we can work out how to mitigate that situation, I think it's uh, it's a great conversation to have, a quality-based conversation. Here's some interesting statistics which you'll probably be very, very fascinated by, as I am. Today, uh, those people between 58, 55 and 64 who have a mortgage uh, are around 47% of that age group, still paying off a mortgage. If we turn back the clock to the mid-90s, that age group, uh, the proportion of people still paying off a mortgage was only 14%. Now we're at 47%. So people are carrying debt right up until they're 70. In fact, people over the age of 70 still with debt is around 12% of uh, all mortgage holders for that age group. Uh, which is crazy, right? That is crazy. Who wants a mortgage when you're when you're seventy plus years of age? Not me. I don't want a mortgage then. Uh, today, seventy seven percent of people with mortgages aged between forty five and fifty four carry debt. That number in the mid nineties was as low as thirty six percent. So, of course, there are reasons behind this. And, and of course, I think we understand that properties are more expensive than they were in the 90s. So, uh, it takes a, a lot more money from our wage to firstly get in debt and then pay off debt. But really, when we think about it, people are just starting out later. You know, when I left school, it was very common for people to become homeowners in their mid-20s, uh, and now that's closer to 40. And of course, you add the loan term of 30 years to that age group, and of course, this is the results we're seeing. So we've got to do something about it. And for a lot of Australians, they just don't understand the concept of what good debt is and bad debt. And for a lot of property uh, people, they just don't become investors because they don't see the benefit beyond the risk of real estate. And yes, real estate carries some risk. And of course, it carries some benefits. And the ultimate benefit from property investment is things like capital growth and getting rents to use in your retirement. But there is another benefit, and that is playing the game as a homeowner using a property investment to actually fast track your repayments to pay off debt using money to pay off money. And uh, it really is a great way to understand one of the extra benefits of being a property investor. We often think about the benefits of being a property investor as capital growth and cash flow. 
But there is also debt reduction, which is a key principle. And of course, things like tax benefits, which is another principle of real estate investment. So there's a few quadrants to this process. But I think uh, we can all understand that there is both good and bad debt in this world. And sadly, owning a home and not getting a rental return and the tax deductibility of interest is considered bad debt. Though buying a home is a smart proposition in my view because it allows you to grow, it allows you to be part of community, it allows you to uh, feel good about getting up every day and exchanging your time for money. There's a lot of benefits to being a homeowner. It is not tax deductible. And so it is considered ultimately bad debt. Of course, property as an investment is considered good debt. Good debt because the debt is deductible debt because you're providing a service to the marketplace. You're obviously borrowing money and providing the service of creating homes for people. And the Australian government loves that. They'll give you a uh, series of deductions and turn your bad debt into good debt. Also, your good debt from property investment is good debt because you're going to get an ultimate return from the investment through your rents. And again, for most Australians, they go to work on a Monday, they exchange their time for money. Uh, they don't get to keep any of that money because they don't understand financial efficiency. They also go to work on a Tuesday, they exchange their time for money, they get to keep no money. It all goes to the tax office. And for a lot of Australians, really, it's not till about Thursday that they start putting money in their back pocket. And that is because they carry household debt, which they struggle with for a very, very long period of their life. And uh, for a lot of people who end up in their later years carrying debt, it is also because the way home loans are structured often don't allow for debt to be paid off. And of course, uh, if we think about just a home loan, it has a principal component, which is the actual amount you're borrowing. And it has an interest component, the amount you're paying to borrow the money. And the way a home loan kind of works is the first 10, 15 years of the loan, you're really your uh, monthly payment, if you like, actually goes to paying off the interest. And you end up paying a very small amount of the principal off. And here in Australia, people change housing every 12 years now, which is also uh, a lot uh, longer than it once was. So we're actually holding on to properties for a longer period of time because, uh, again, the probably a, a lot of reasons behind that. But of course, uh, moving and, and borrowing money, it's a complicated thing. So if... You can imagine a lot of people have debt and they don't pay anything off, then they get sick of where they live and want to go and live somewhere else 
So they buy a new property or upgrade to another property and proportionately carry more debt to the next property without really ever biting into that debt. And the reason being is the way home loans are structured. Now, the word I can never say. In fact, I won't be able to say it now, but I'm going to try and you're going to go, wow, your ability to speak English is terrible. And I apologize in advance, but the word amortization is the concept that a loan has basically repayments spread out over a period of time, but it's geared to fail in the beginning because the proportion of your payment spread over a 30-year period uh, basically bites into the interest at the first half of the loan. So the back end of the loan, you really have the ability to accelerate debt reduction because you've basically uh, got a smaller principal to pay and therefore less interest to pay. But it takes about 15 years to get to that smaller level of principal to start accelerating debt reduction. And so for a lot of Aussies out there, they never really get themselves in a position to pay off the easiest proportion of the loan because the banks front load the loan and make it very, very difficult. And then you apply that to how often housing turns over. And it's fair to say that most people who stayed for the full average time of 12 years don't actually pay off much of their mortgage whatsoever. And we are now seeing the tail whip of that, that most Aussies are actually getting much older carrying a bucket load of debt, which is not a good thing because that means obviously Aussies have to stay in their job a lot longer. They perhaps lifestyle diminishes. It's not to say work isn't a great thing to do, but I'm sure for a lot of Australians, they would love to put themselves in a financially independent place. Now, there's all sorts of groups out there. You can research the FIRE uh, independence group, financial, basically independence, retiring early concept. Uh, you've got um, Barista Fire, you've got Lean Fire, and you've got Fat Fire. And uh, it's a good way of explaining, I think, that we need to get somewhere. Barista Fire is just a simple concept that basically you. Uh, just do the bare ass minimum work-wise, couple of day shifts at the local coffee shop and, uh, you know, fairly well live off a small pool of money into your life. And when I say small pool of money, I'm talking 10, 20,000 bucks coming in. Uh, the lean fire concept is just that, that you're going to live off $25,000 per annum uh, equivalent to what the pension is, and you're just going to mirror the pension early, which doesn't sound fun to me, to be honest with you. Uh, but for young people today, that's that's one of the things they prefer to do, that they will arbitrage their life, live very frugal, uh, live like a pensioner, go uh, and live in Bali 
on $36,000 a year instead of here in Australia trying to make $100,000 plus, etc. So arbitrage, it is a thing. And of course, then there's fat fire, which is really just the concept today that if you want to replace your income uh, and you want to match your income, then you've got to accumulate the assets to do that. Now, a lot of people here in Australia have a magic number, $100,000 passive income. To do that, we've got to work out how to pay off uh, not only your own home, but of course, uh, $2 million worth of real estate to produce $100,000 passive income at a 5% return. So for a lot of people, there's a lot of work to do. You can see that property investment actually is beyond just investing in a property. There is way more to it. And again, if you can think about just the concept that you're a property investor, you're trying to create growth from really, really good assets. You're going to use that growth for a lot of property investors. They never pay off uh, uh, deductible debt because it's just better to get a tax break and they will hold the asset for a long period of time, eventually use uh, a few of their assets to pay off the debt on other properties they own. And of course, you can use the same principle to pay off your family home, but but there is a better way of going around it. And of course, this is where we talk about the most Googled thing in real estate, which is to pay off your home fast. Over 2 billion people have Googled that. So that is a big thing. People want to know what the secret is. And here's the secret. There is no secret. Yes, it's just a matter of actually setting up the right structures and doing it. Uh, and I'll talk about a little bit about what that could look like for you. But I think the lesson we're learning as we go through today's podcast is we all have financial inefficiencies. We pay too much tax, but we can use real estate to fix that. Uh, we have a lot of bad debt. We can use real estate to fix that. We can turn bad debt uh, into good debt, or rather we can use good debt to pay for bad debt, which we'll talk about. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of lazy money people have and, and really the conversation around using an investment property to help pay for a family home or a PPR is just really using money, money buckets and the idea of using what we often refer to as lazy money. Now, why most people don't become property investors is some sort of fear around investments. What if I choose the wrong one? Uh, what if, um, you know, the tenants don't pay the rent? And to be honest, what really makes us anxious seldom happens. If you give yourself a long period of time, even if the real estate isn't the best, it's going to do okay. And even if it doesn't attract the best tenants, it's probably going to do okay. But one of the cool things is you can use real estate to can help eliminate debt on your principal place of residency. Now, of course, if you 
uh, start to understand real estate, you'll work out how to buy the better real estate and get the better rent. I've done bucket loads of podcasts on that stuff. But I think we need to start this conversation around good debt and bad debt because a lot of Aussies get crippled by bad debt. Really uh, crazy things like, you know, having uh, car loans beyond their means, uh, personal loans, holiday loans, you know, just silly stuff which is really not going to get you to where you need to go. And of course, again, for a lot of Aussies, they have uh, their family home, PPR, and then they wrap bad, more bad debt around it. They'll do, um, you know, a car loan connected to their home. They will get a, um, you know, personal loan connected to their home. And what is happening is they're cross-securitizing all of this debt into one big bucket. And of course, uh, again, this can really, really set a lot of people back from uh, ever reaching financial freedom, let alone reaching financial freedom perhaps in their mid-50s or early 50s. Remember today, the statistics are very alarming. People have got debt into their 60s. Over 47% of people who have a mortgage today are in their 60s. That's crazy. We used to, uh, you know, think about people in their 60s as, as, as basically on their last legs. Today, they're not on their last legs. People are perhaps living longer than ever before because they can't die in peace because they've got way too much debt. And of course, on a serious note, obviously, you don't want to put your loved ones in a situation where the debt is theirs and you're not helping them financially by doing some pretty sensible things. Now, again, uh, obviously, the urban property investor advocates property investment. And one of the best ways to be a property investor is to use a property investment, not only for capital growth, rental returns and tax depreciation, but also to uh, to remove household debt out of your PPR. Remember, how we're going to approach this pattern is if we were to put together the best portfolio possible, let's just say hypothetically it's four investment properties and one family home. We're going to use those four investment properties, their rental return to accelerate debt reduction on our family home. That's what we're trying to guide this conversation too. And again, uh, the properties which are our four investment properties, we may not even pay down the debt on those properties because we're going to let the market do the work for us. And eventually, eventually we're going to have to use those properties to reduce further debt that could be on our family home. Or if we're smart and we've paid off our family home, we've still got our property investments left, they will need to also uh, go into a, into a period of time where uh, they also eliminate one each other's debt profile and we could sell two to pay off two, as simple as that concept sounds. And why we would do that 
is we don't want a mortgage in our retirement. We want to live off the income from the assets we've accumulated as we've put together the real estate. So loan structures are an important concept. And uh, again, like the idea of being securitized, cross-securitized, can uh, can quite often come back to bite. And uh, this is where a good mortgage broker can often help plan your portfolio so your investment properties are not connected to your principal place of residency. They can potentially help you get you some deposits from your family home, but they will uh, sideline doing the mortgage again with the same bank that has control of your principal place of residency. The reason we do that is not only wealth accumulation, uh, but primarily asset protection. Again, if you uh, have a bad investment, let's say, hypothetically speaking, you panic and sell an investment property that goes down in value um, and has gone backwards in value and that's connected to your family home, that means we may not be eliminating debt but creating more pressure connected to your family home. So we want the right loan structures and uh, one of the best ways the best brokers in the business and there's some crackers out there do it is they set up loan structures basically outside of your PPR. But they'll set up an offset on your principal place of residency. And so your income, your rent, your partner's income, maybe also other investment income will come into that offset and basically as your mortgage is calculated at a daily rate, you will have more money in your offset which ultimately helps uh, your, uh, your repayments. And of course, this can mean that your interest that you're paying uh, is covered by the money in that account and you can chew into a greater proportion of your principal. And again, obviously, you're going to have a situation where you've got things to buy and this is where you use something like a interest-free credit card for 55 days to actually pay for things like shopping and um, travel and, and allowances and so forth. So you're basically using your uh, money in a far more financially efficient way. And for a lot of Australians, they just don't do it for whatever reason. They come up with some sort of scotoma in their mind. They block a system like they don't want the money in there. What if the bank uses the money? What if they can't get the money back? And so artificially, they set up in their own mind that they should have money all over the place. Really, that money is doing nothing. It's not offsetting your interest. And of course... Uh, if you can offset um, a large proportion every month, it all adds up. And it is a game of one percenters. So 
quite often it doesn't feel like it's doing anything, but it is. And and again, if you think about income from a rental property, that could be two, three, four thousand dollars a month. If you think about incomes from wages from two people, that can be two, three, four thousand dollars a month. All of a sudden, it's going into an account and it's being used um, more effectively to pay off a uh, a property much faster. And uh, again, like this is where we can start to see that we can create a situation where we're reducing debt quicker. And uh, there are some other steps we can use to eliminate our PPR. Remember, our investment properties are what are known as good debt. The reason a good debt is the debt is tax deductible. So we're not only uh, able to get a tax deduction, in some respects, we can also vary our tax return. So we can do a thing known as a PAYG variation, which basically uh, kind of helps you get income into your pocket faster. So let's say each week, you would normally pay $400 in tax. Uh, at the end of a financial year, you can claim back 200 of the 400, but you only do it at the end of the financial year. The PAYG variation, which again, if you're on PAYG, uh, you can do, allows you to claim that tax uh, basically as your pay packet is paid. So instead of waiting a year and helping the Australian tax department, letting them use your money that you're rightfully allowed to, to get back in tax, you're getting it back per paycheck. What you're doing is, again, not using uh, or not creating a financial inefficiency in your life or being lazy with your money. You now take that money and, again, you put it on your offset and again, you pay less interest and obviously that allows you to uh, even pay more of the principal. And this is, again, um, uh, there are other ways to play the game beyond just an offset. And of course, that is creating extra repayments. And uh, extra repayments allow you, obviously, to reduce your principal. So you may, for example, get um, your rents up on one of your investment properties and that may allow you to transfer that money into creating an extra repayment on your PPR. PPR, bad debt, property good debt. We're taking good to pay the bad. It's kind of the way it works. So probably your best friend's going to be your offset. Um, which is the best thing you can link to a home loan. So whenever you're talking to a broker, I think it's really critical that you sort out whether you can get an offset. Obviously, it's a big, big, big part of the puzzle of, uh, of paying off a property investment loan. And in some respects, sometimes you're offered a cheaper rate in exchange for an offset. And just remember the pros and cons to that. 
Um, and, you know, if you are going to use the offset, um, it can actually, if you do use it right, can be way more lucrative than just falling for the less expensive rate. And so um, as a property investor, we've got to play the game. Now, this could even involve uh, re- refinancing a home loan, uh, refinancing to, to, to find a cheaper rate, but getting the offset as well. So probably the opposite to what I just said, but this means shopping around and having these conversations with your bank because we want to put ourselves into a position where we're frequently looking at our PPR and making sure that we're paying off the loan. Remember, we're using the investment properties to consolidate our debt, extra repayments, offsets, and frequency of how we pay. Again, if you can pay weekly, you're going to squeeze in extra repayments than paying monthly or fortnightly, you're going to squeeze in extra repayments than, uh, than paying monthly. There's, there's, there's extra days you'll get. And so all of these are one percenters. And again, it often feels like to, to people that don't participate in it as a hassle but it is one of the best fringe benefits of owning an investment property. It allows you to use money to uh, control debt, good debt, and pay off bad debt. So I would encourage you, if you are a homeowner and you're not playing the game, to start participating because if you look down the barrel as to when your loans complete, and you're not really happy as to what they may look like, then you've got to think about this as a credit fundamental, as a loan fundamental. Uh, and, and again, look into it. How can you speed this stuff up? Because it's got to mirror what you want to achieve. And again, too many people today, a large proportion of society has so much debt and are carrying that debt into years where they really should not be. And it's a it's a big problem, so don't let it be you. All right, folks, it's a quick one today. I hope you enjoyed that lesson. I'll catch you on the next episode as we talk more real estate. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it. If you give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.